Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of the Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. This episode, we look at Chapter 5 of the resource, Light in the Darkness, a hymn journal for Advent and Christmas. We've got two guests on our podcast today. The first is artist and illustrator Deanna Rosso. I get to introduce you to my mom. And then the second is author Heidi Gaiman. After a brief introduction and opening prayer, you'll get to hear my mom read the Luke passages found on page 47 of the hymn journal. And we'll talk through those stories from Luke and wonder about the good news mixed with fear in those opening chapters. Then I'll go ahead and read the devotion on page 48. We get to listen to Noel by Brooke and Brendan, the featured song for this chapter. And then we'll turn to the illustration on page 45 and talk about the art and the ideas that went into that illustration. As we begin to turn to the faith experiment called Wrapping Up Fear that begins on page 50, we get to welcome our second guest. Heidi Gaiman from HeidiGaiman.com is an author, deaconist, and licensed clinical social worker. She's got a book coming out soon called Finding Hope, From Brokenness to Restoration, and we get to talk to her about the kinds of emotions you might be feeling around these rather crazy holidays, the complicated mix of comfortable and uncomfortable feelings that we all share. We'll talk through the prayer experiment and the concept of acknowledging your emotions and entrusting them to Jesus in ways that are helpful and healthy. Finally, we'll turn back to our illustrator and talk about her work on putting together that prayer experiment on page 51. I really enjoyed my time sitting down talking to Deanna and Heidi, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation too. So whatever you're doing today, wherever you are in the country, thanks for taking time. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here as we take a small next step following Jesus together. Deanna Rosso joins us on the Next Step Podcast today. Welcome, Mom. <laughs> Thank you very much, son. <laughs> hey, it's so good to have you here. I can only imagine that this must be a wonderful thing for you to be working on this hymn journal that has your daughter's music, your son's writing, and then you get to add some artwork to it. It's been amazing. And I love that we can co- collaborate with yeah. something that glorifies God. and blesses us. I love yes. it. Thank you for allowing me to do it. Oh, I'm so, so glad we were able to do this together. It reminds me of times when, you know, like uh, dad and I were preaching and, and you and Brooke were singing on Good Friday or something like that. Mm. It's, it's fun to be doing this together as a family. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Hey, where in the world are you coming to us from today? Punta Gorda, Florida. Near, Punta Gorda. It's near Fort Myers, not far from oh. there. And how's the weather down in uh, Punta Gorda this Advent? <laughs> it's beautiful today. It has been a little chilly. We actually had to put on some long pants and socks the other day. Oh, no, long pants and socks. I know, that is huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you been in the pool yet today? Well, we were going to, and Dad did go in. But Okay. I decided I needed to read this before I talked to you. Well, I'm sorry to get in the the way of your uh, pool time, but thanks thanks for being here today. Hey, we are, we're here in uh, chapter five, and before we read the the Luke passages on page 47, uh, why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Mm -hmm. Come Holy Spirit and open our hearts and minds to what you would have us hear today. 
You walked alongside Luke as he interviewed people and did research and tried to record in an orderly fashion the gospel of Jesus so that our faith might be even more certain. Even as you inspired Luke to write these words, would you also inspire our hearts to hear them and to hold fast to them and to understand what you would have for us in them today? Come Holy Spirit and be with us. Amen. Amen. We have three scenarios from Luke, and the first one is about Zechariah. And there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. The second one is about Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The third reading from Luke is about the shepherds. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing those, those opening stories from Luke's gospel. I, I was just wondering, as you read through these, was, was there anything that jumped out at you this time through? Uh, obviously very familiar passages, but something that stuck out this time. I think... I see so often that I respond in fear hmm. when, I mean, not like I'm afraid, afraid, but I might worry about something or maybe get a knot in my stomach, stomach about something. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just good to know that the Lord's peace covers everything. And mm -hmm. so we can walk not in fear, but in his peace that we don't get from the world. Yeah, thanks. It's kind of, when you put these stories right next to each other like this, Luke's, Luke's opening chapters have several of these stories in a row. And, and when you see them back to back to back, it, it is kind of startling how fear accompanies each of these. The angels come to give good news, and yet fear is right there in the mix, too. That's something that jumped out to me. Yes, yes. They are very similar and so understandable. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it, yeah, I wouldn't have to be told to fall on my knees because I would be down there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Trembling. <laughs> yeah. It's cool how there's music. The, the opening chapters of Luke are so musical, too. We get, the, the of course, the angel armies at the, in the last verses you read. They're glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those to, with whom he's pleased. But in, in each of the other stories, there's singing, too, whether it's a Mary or Elizabeth or, or a, just the, the, the different songs, the Magnificat, of course, that, that we know, too. So it's neat to see their own kind of hymn journal in Luke chapter 1 and 2. That's right. I never thought of it like that. But music is such a huge part of our history throughout Scripture and throughout our church's history. Yeah, absolutely. All, all the way back, music's been a part of, of, of faith. That's really cool. Hey, um, thanks for sharing that with me. I'd like to turn the page now to page 48. And uh, this this devotion is called Peace Fall on You. Peace Fall on You comes directly from Brooke and Brendan's song uh, for this chapter. But I'd like to just read that devotion as it's written there. The Old Testament word for peace, shalom, is more than the absence of war. Biblical peace is about wholeness, completion, fullness or fulfillment. Fear, I think, does just the opposite. Fear scatters. Fear tears down. Fear flings the pieces apart. Fear stalks through the opening stories in Luke's gospel. Angels show up again and again and with really good news. And again and again, people respond with fear. It's as if the puzzle pieces of your life were just starting to make sense when a messenger from God shows up and bumps the table. Fear scatters the pieces, and the image you thought you were constructing just doesn't make sense anymore. But maybe that fear is a necessary prelude to something more. Maybe your puzzle pieces need a bit of jumbling so you see a bigger picture. Maybe your life belongs to a story that's bigger than your own. Sometimes I try to make Jesus the missing puzzle piece in my life. If I could just fit Jesus into that empty spot in my relationships or in my career or in my heart, then the whole thing would make sense. But what if Christmas is more radical than that? What if the angels come to jumble my carefully laid puzzle pieces on purpose? I had a plan. I was just starting to see how my life might fit together. I was just trying to figure out how to make a little space for Jesus in my life. Now what? But true peace, true wholeness comes not when I finally force Jesus into an empty spot in the puzzle of my life, but when my life fits snugly into place in the story Jesus is telling, a story of rescue and redemption and glory to God in the highest. I can stop trying to fit Jesus into my own image of my life and start wondering how my life fits into the image Jesus has of peace on earth. That perspective lets me see the whole puzzle with new eyes. That perspective brings trust and wholeness and peace. No one 
That was Brooke Orozco and Brendan Norp with the song Noel. Uh, let's turn back to page 45 of the hymn journal, and here's the kind of cover art for chapter five. We're with Deanna Rosso, my mom, who's the artist uh, that did the illustrations for this chapter. And I was just wondering, as I look at this, this artwork on page 45, what kind of went into your thought process as you put together this artwork? Well, because of COVID-19, we did a few puzzles this season, this mm-hmm. year, <laughs> Yeah, uh, which is something we don't ordinarily do. And boy, you're right. If somebody bumps the table, it can be a disaster on the floor. Yeah. You're already trying to get things upright. Now a mm. lot of things are upside down again, and they're, it's confusing. It messes us up, and yeah. I liked your thought about it scatters things and flings mm. pieces apart because that's it's very unsettling. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what drew me to one of my puzzles. I actually used some of my own puzzle pieces that I traced around. Hmm. And you mentioned fulfillment, trust, wholeness, and peace. And also there's with Jesus, there's a sense of restoration and mm-hmm. and a sense of belonging of from your last from the last song, Emmanuel. Um, you talked about um, belonging, a sense of yeah. eternal yeah. belonging, and and that was so wonderful to me. And it just, I mean, there he is standing there, giving us this blessing. Peace fall on you. Get your scattered pieces together. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Pick them up mm-hmm. and lay them upright again. Yeah, yeah. And look at it objectively and try to see where things might fit in with me overseeing your job. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I, I like the, uh, there's a, this puzzle piece that's kind of almost looks like it's falling itself. Uh, and then there's the pile down in the bottom left, just things are jumbled up and, and confused. And maybe you thought they fit together. Now they don't anymore. And then on the upper right, you've got that, that figure uh, of pronouncing peace. Mm-hmm. That, that's the message of the angels. When you, when you said that uh, about Jesus, it reminded me there's, there's so many times when Jesus shows up, especially after the resurrection, where the first thing he says is peace be with you. Yeah. Peace fall on you. Yeah. Um, He's constantly bringing peace to people and they're afraid to act ironically. They're afraid and he gives them peace at the, at the end as well as at the beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. This, this can go back and forth too. I, you know, when you rewind a movie that you've been watching, you can see everything go backwards. So Mm -hmm. that's how our life is sometimes too. It's sometimes a big mess and all scattered and then it can get moved up together and settled and pieced together like a puzzle. But other times it, it could rewind and start <laughs> falling apart again. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, that's something. I, I think that's, I, I'm glad you brought up COVID too. This certainly feels like a time when everybody who, anything you thought you knew back in 2019 didn't hold for 2020, no matter what you thought it was. Right. Uh, so there's these times of, of things kind of falling apart and the constant promise of the presence of Jesus yeah. speaks peace into all of our craziness. There's been a lot of scattered people not being able to connect with their families or mm-hmm. especially with the elderly, I've mm. s- and or if someone uh, is called home and yeah. their death is not being able to be mourned properly, they yeah. can't attend anything that's communal. So yeah, and a real challenge for a lot of people. Yeah, for for lots of families, ours included. Um, mm-hmm. cra- craziness. <laughs> You know, this is, I think, the first time ever in, well, you know, three hymn journals. So the first time in three hymn journals that I wrote the devotion after I saw the art. Hmm. Uh, in every other case, it's always been part of my job to get the devotion done before the artwork goes out. And you knew which one you were doing and you were working on this art and uh, you sent it to me to kind of get some feedback and everything like that. And when when I saw the puzzle pieces that clicked for me on that concept, that biblical definition of peace as, as wholeness and completion, not just the absence of war. I mean, war is perhaps a prime example of things being torn apart. Mm-hmm. And then peace as an opposite of war is so much more than just not fighting anymore. It's a restoration of relationship yes. and a building of trust. So that was just kind of a, a neat a side note for me that this this art was something that helped shape my thinking about the devotion instead of the devotion shaping the thinking about the art. So thanks for that. (laughs) You also did the illustration for the prayer experiment that starts on page 50. And I want to talk about that. But as we turn the page to get there, I'd like to introduce our second guest for today's episode as well. Heidi Gaiman is an author, deaconess, and licensed clinical social worker. Heidi, welcome to the Next Step podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, Justin. Yeah, we're so glad to to have you here today. Hey, we've just been talking about the concept of fear and what it means to to see fear that pulls things apart in the first couple chapters of Luke and and how often fear is an experience that we have around the holidays. And I was wondering, in your practice and in your experience, what are some of the emotions that you see people dealing with, especially this time of year? Mm, you know, I think the, probably the primary one, especially in a pandemic, is is just that sense of isolation mm. over and over and over again. And so many of the emotions that can be really uncomfortable for us, when you funnel them down, come down to that sense of isolation again. Even fear that we're talking about here today, uh, when you break it apart a little bit, isolation is at its core. You know, and and. And in the Christian realm, we can appreciate that, you know, that's one of the devil's goals is to isolate us. Uh, but I think the Luke passage that you all share is such a helpful one in seeing how the Lord reaches in to our spaces. And so God is always uh, connecting. He is not disconnecting in Christ Jesus. You know, that's that's the whole point of Jesus coming to this earth to save us is to connect with us or reconnect with us again. 
And so we never need to be afraid, ironically, of that sense of isolation that we have from Mm. the emotions that are overwhelming, that are maybe a little darker along the edges, if you will. Um, Things like uh, loneliness and hopelessness, uh, even anger and frustration uh, at a family event, Hmm. Uh, particularly in in this year with a lot of political opinions and things like that. I think we're going to run into that uh, around this time of year. And and the awkwardness that comes with maybe trying to do a family Zoom for Christmas instead of a regular family thing. All those emotions that are hard and uncomfortable for us to lean into at times. I think when we recognize isolation at their core, then we can look at them a little bit different and and ask ourselves, how can we move into them and still connect? You know, how where's the connection in this? And that changes the shape of fear in our lives. It changes the shape of anxiety in our lives and the shape of loneliness and hopelessness and those other things as well. So I can imagine how isolation would be a, a threat or a scary emotion, especially in, when we're dealing with COVID and you might not get to make the trips or throw the parties you usually have. It sounds to me like even when, if it were a normal Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year, even when you're getting together with people, ironically, in the midst of the gathering, there's this sense of isolation. Is is that part of what you're saying? I think so. I think that anytime we're talking about intimacy and intimate moments, and memories are that, you know, making mm-hmm. memories is really mm-hmm. about intimacy, um, relationships, uh, when we lean into them by getting together, by having conversation, by being intentional, there's vulnerability in that. And there's also that sense of intimacy. But in a broken world uh, that can be challenging for us in relationships that are very imperfect, we then feel that sense of isolation because we're seeking out that intimacy so much in those moments. And so ironically, the very thing that we are trying to avoid by leaning into the relationship can still come in. Uh, And I think that's one reason why Christmas comes with so much joy and so much challenge for us is because of the level of intimacy and vulnerability involved will always bring in both the joy of those things and also the challenge of those things. So yeah, I think the isolation can feel really real, that sense where you're surrounded by people, but you don't feel like you quite fit sometimes. Mm. Um, you know, we don't have to judge that and, and we don't have to judge our family for that or ourselves and how we're interacting with that. Instead, we just look around us, acknowledge it. And a lot of times that will help us actually be able to connect better in the moment because it's not overwhelming us anymore. We've acknowledged it and we can kind of move past it to do the work of intimacy and connection that we're actually looking for. And and that would be true whether you're gathering on Zoom or or in person. And mm-hmm. I like what you said about acknowledging it and and kind of dealing with it, giving it a place to exist without having it overwhelm you. And I guess that's kind of what this faith experiment is about on on page fifty and fifty one in the Advent Hymn Journal. Uh, I, I think I'd just like to read this and get get your reaction to this this faith experiment, this prayer experiment called wrapping up fear. Getting ready for celebrations, parties, gatherings, shopping, cooking, cleaning, more church, more scheduling conflicts, more stress. It seems like every year Christmas brings less peace, not more. With another new year just around the corner and all the financial and relational stress of the holiday season, December can be a rough month, especially because it's supposed to be so peaceful. What do you do with all that pent-up anxiety, stress, or fear? feels like you need to unload it on someone, but dumping it on your family doesn't seem right. 
On the other hand, if you just bottle those fearful thoughts and emotions up, they tend to leak, usually at parties. Here's an idea. Give them to Jesus. I know fear and anxiety and stress and shame are awful gifts to give anyone, but in the cosmic gift exchange, you drew the lucky number. You get to give Jesus all of your junk, and Jesus gives you his peace and forgiveness and even joy. But don't leave your fear and anxiety out where other people might find them. Wrap them up carefully and give them to Jesus. You don't have to wallow in them or worry about them. Jesus has them safely in hand. In the graph paper presence on the next page, write out one letter at a time some of the things that are causing you stress or anxiety or shame or fear. Then wrap those gifts with bright colors and ribbons. Cover over your words and trust that Jesus receives your fear and gives you his wholeness and peace instead. So Heidi, how does that approach to dealing with these uncomfortable emotions fit with what you've seen or experienced? I think that one of the primary things it does is it helps us give us a space for that. Like you were just saying, so often in life, we just don't have space for these hmm. things. We're hmm. in the busyness, we're in the preparation, we're in the moment to moment, day to day stuff that just needs to get done. Hmm. And so our, our emotions are demanding some attention. And hmm. that's been true throughout time. I think in our culture of, of productivity and of bigger and better uh, and, and adding to the calendar, it can be even more real that our emotions just have very little space. And so then they will make themselves into something that can be heard <laughs> to some degree. You know, there's a reason we call them feelings. They're sensations that we have in our body. And then they can kind of become thoughts and ideas and things beyond that. But they really start as very basic sensations of, hey, knock, knock. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. <laughs> so paying attention to that knock, knock has a lot of power. And at the core of this experiment is paying attention a little bit and giving it mm. some space. And then also doing that in a, in a healthy way where we feel connected in it instead of disconnected. Uh, so then we have less isolation because we're feeling that sense of connection and fear. The problem with fear it's not that it exists. It exists to keep us safe in a broken world. You know, I'll love the day that comes someday when <laughs> Jesus comes back and we don't have to deal with that. But Amen. in a broken on, world, <laughs> right, right, right. In a broken world, we need it uh, because the world isn't always safe. And so I really believe that while we don't want fear in our lives, it does have a purpose. So when we can recognize it knocking and bring it to Jesus, that's a really healthy place to be instead of allowing us to, to turn away from Jesus, allowing it to pull us from Jesus. Uh, and so laying it somewhere that connects us with uh, the God of the universe who can actually do anything about it also is a really, really powerful place to be because um, it heals. You know, it's a really restorative practice when we bring our stuff, bring our junk to him, like you guys hmm. say, and let him fill in the places that we need. And he knows best what we need. You know, maybe we do yeah. need to address something. That's the other thing is sometimes fear really identifies us some, some danger, whether it's relational mm -hmm. or, um, 
psychological, like we have a need, you know, our body is overwhelmed with anxiety or whatever, or maybe it's something else in our life, but allowing a little space for that helps us to be able to unpack it with God in relationship instead of feeling it come in like isolation and loneliness and hopelessness. So noticing those emotions are a part of it, identifying them. I mean, you can put whatever label you want to on it. I know sometimes it's difficult to even get down in words exactly what you're feeling, but accepting the fact that you're feeling it sounds to me, I mean, you've talked about these emotions as dark or uncomfortable, but never as as bad or as if the emotions, I think sometimes when I experience emotion that I'm uncomfortable with, I'm uncomfortable with it because it seems like I shouldn't be feeling that way. Like everybody's here and we're having fun. Why are you sad? Well, I feel guilty about feeling sad because I'm not supposed to feel sad. <laughs> so um, talk to me a little bit more about having emotions and identifying them. And ex- Do you accept them or do you, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what do you do with these emotions that are uncomfortable? Yeah, a couple of things that we can do. And and one thing I noticed that you guys do is write it out slowly. So you're spending mm-hmm. time on each letter, right? Instead of, uh, I think, bringing our anxiety to the page, instead, it, writing it slowly gives us a space to put it before God, to really release that tension in our bodies that the emotion brings um, and, and give him a little bit more space to tend to us than too, because mm. sometimes we do close ourselves off to God's tending, you know, that's mm. again with the busyness and, and the armor we kind of put on, yeah. if you will, sometimes even before God, because we're, we're trying to look like everything's fine. We're great. Yeah. You know, the party's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, so, so that's one thing. I also think in the same way you can, if you don't have words for it, because labeling our emotions is an important part of the process, but sometimes we can't get there, especially with uncomfortable emotions. Because who wants to sit around and feel an uncomfortable emotion? That doesn't sound like a good time either. And so in order to let those uncomfortable emotions have some space and not judge them, which is really a huge benefit to understanding them as comfortable and uncomfortable versus positive and negative or calling them bad or good, um, is being able to uh, just let them have space, which means they may not have a word. So I would encourage the listener to use maybe a color in the graph paper of the grid. Uh, if you can't think of a word, if something's coming and, and it isn't frustration, it's something else kind of related, but it's not quite that, you know, use a color. Is it blue or green or magenta or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever color it might be. That's another way to just release it God knows <laughs> he sees what we don't, uh, even our, in our inner selves. And so I think that's a tool that I've found really helpful for people. Um, and the other thing is to, just like you have a, this idea of wrapping up as a gift to give to God, um, we can label it just with our names. And mm. so we know that speaking in the third person actually helps us to um, give some space and awareness to our emotions without judging them. So when we put I statements on it, I statements are really good usually in psychology. So <laughs> this sounds a little counterintuitive. <laughs> um, but in often I statements turn into negative self-talk where we're like, I, I am anxious. I shouldn't feel like this. Like you said, like there's joy. I'm such a failure. I feel sad. Exactly. I know it's hard for us to think about them right now because we're not in that space. Right. Uh, But at the same time, so we want to transform that a little bit, not because we're not taking ownership or responsibility, but in reality, our emotions are very, uh, 
kind of subconscious things. Like we don't have control mm. over it in the same way that we do our thoughts um, or our behaviors and our actions. And so understanding that we can apply this kind of third person approach. And so when you give the gift to God, imagine the tag on it that says mm. Heidi's anxiety, Heidi's yeah struggle, Heidi's joy, Heidi's peace. And also, I do not think that we ever really experience emotions in a vacuum. So usually there's positive and negative there if you're used to thinking of them in that way. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. both comfortable and uncomfortable is what I prefer. And so just acknowledging each side of that present, you know, what is the... um, uh, where's the wrapping crinkled, of course, but then where is it also um, smooth and beautiful and, and taped down mm. just right, you know? Yeah. So, so putting a name tag on it, you know, this is, this is Heidi's giving it that third person reality when you present it to God helps us to look at it and actually view it from a little bit more of a uh, healthy perspective that shame doesn't come in quite so easily. And we don't want to be lo- logged down by the shame when we do this activity. So I think that one, might be something that really helps. And then looking for both the comfortable and the uncomfortable. What is God doing in there? You know, I love how you guys in this experiment didn't set up fear against peace and peace against fear. Instead, Mm. there's a wholeness to peace that fear doesn't have. And in that, I think we can understand that God gave us both of those things. Uh, One is certainly way more comfortable and also (laughs) will be the thing that we have when Christ comes again. You know, peace is part of the goal. Um, Mm. But appreciating both of those things for what he's given us now, I think, goes a really long way um, in being able to give space for those emotions and move through them without needing to add that layer of judgment and shame that so easily comes in. Thanks for that. That's really helpful ways of thinking about our emotions. And as you were talking, I was wondering, it seems to me that the full promise of completion of perfection, of, of wholeness and peace is that kind of end times eschatological promise. We won't know true fullness until the new creation, but part and for now in this in-between time, as we experience life with God in a broken and sinful world, part of experiencing wholeness is recognizing both the uncomfortable and the, and the comfortable. Uh, maybe part of peace encompasses that fear. Because Mm. peace is whole. Fear tends to scatter. Peace brings things together. And for me to be able to recognize I've got some anxiety about this and I'm also excited to talk to my family again, and both those things are true, that can give me some peace because that's a movement towards wholeness. If, If I am not allowed to feel anxiety and I only have to feel joy, that's not a whole experience. That's not how I experience life. And that diminishes rather than extends my relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. Wholeness. That's that's what we're going for is wholeness in Christ Jesus. He doesn't ask us to hide those parts of ourselves, including fear. What's that clinking noise there in the background? Oh, sorry. It's my dog. It's <laughs> your dog. <laughs> it's my dog. I've met your dog before. What's your dog's name? I have Anne Elliot and Captain Wentworth, um, <laughs> which is from Jane Austen's Persuasion. But they are, uh, they're always secret guests on every podcast that I do. That's great. <laughs> and, and it would not be whole without them. <laughs> I'd like to go back to our illustrator for the chapter, Mom. Uh, I love what you've done with this, with this prayer experiment. What was it like putting this whole thing together? 
Wow. Well, it was a good thing it was titled Wrapping Up Fear because I had to go back to that several times. It was delightful, but it was stressful. I, I needed to come up with something that was going to speak what you wanted it to portray. Mm-hmm. So as I gathered all these different things, you know, you do little sketches and then you choose what you want to put together and how it might work. And eventually it falls into place Mm. with prayer. Mm. But um, it was an awesome experience. I'm so glad that I had it um, because when it was finally done, I was very delighted (laughs) (laughs) and very joyful. And I learned a lot too, because I love I love that these are gifts that nobody else can see. Mm. They're only for Jesus. They're to Jesus from me. And I love that it's not like we're covering up by coloring it, but it's so it keeps it personal and that Jesus is trustworthy to help me take care of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I remember a blog that uh, Katie Helmreich wrote about, uh, I think her daughter Jane would, would draw something or write something on a piece of paper and then draw a circle around it. And, and she'd say trapped. And she was like setting a trap with something on, on the paper. Cause once she got a circle around it, then it was, you know, it was trapped and it couldn't escape. And that's kind of <laughs> in the back of my mind when I was thinking about this, this prayer experiment, that there's a way to kind of surround those things that we're not sure what to deal with. And, and how do we, how do we unburden ourselves and to really trap them, not in a negative sense, but just in a, a wrap it up and give it to Jesus kind of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this is based on a secret code prayer. And usually in, in that visual faith kind of practice, you've got a four by six card and and you're writing out a little bit longer prayer. So this isn't the full secret code prayer. This is really just a, a way to identify, kind of label some emotions that that you want to not just kind of handle on your own, but give to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the I love the uh, manger scene there in the bottom left hand corner that just looks so wonderful. And of course, I you know growing up, I, I loved the manger scenes you had in our house for decorations when I was a kid, and that's always mm-hmm. such an important part of Christmas for me. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned both uh, anxiety, fear, and delight when you were putting this whole thing together. Tell me a little bit more about that. What 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 of this gave you delight, and where where was the anxiety in putting it together? Well. These pens were new for me. Mm. Uh, I had used rapidograph pens before. And so I had to get used to writing with them, drawing with them. Um, But I really like them. Mm. But man, once you put something down, it's there. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks to uh, Linda Eckhong, she allowed me to redo two different things and then send them. She was able to adjust it into the final uh, picture. So that was great. Yeah, that's neat. Linda, Linda, a shout out to Linda in the very front of the book in the fine print, you can see a a thanks to her too. She doesn't have any art herself, but she took all of the illustrations and cleaned them up and put them together. And if anybody kind of fudged something and kind of messed it up and wanted to replace part of it, she works her uh, computer magic. So Linda, thanks so much for the work you've done in this hymn journal. Yes, I call that grace. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Linda Grace Ekong. Yeah, that's that's. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the I love the gifts, the presents. I love how different they are. Of course, that box with the reindeer. I just I can remember that from my childhood. So that's special. Uh, I love the wrapping paper there. You know, it uh, reminded me of the. You know, when you buy the the wrapping paper, it's usually the more expensive kind. So I don't have much of it, but the ones that have the little dotted squares, so you can cut straight. I can never cut straight, and, and so the inside of the wrapping paper often has those grids anyway. I love to yeah. see that here on the page. Uh, what so you you're working on this uh, prayer experiment about wrapping up fear and you're carrying anxiety about it what so tell what did you do with that tell me how that worked <laughs> well i just went to the lord and laid it out you know mm. this is i want this i so desire this to be something that is meaningful and uh, a blessing to people and I didn't want to embarrass you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, as I kept going on, things fell into place and how the Lord does that, you know, yeah. he makes your puzzle pieces fit. So you do come up with something that is making a huge statement. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved yeah. doing it. Thank you. Wow. That's so cool. Uh, it, it reminds me of something Heidi said about how we often have multiple emotions at the same time. Very, very rarely do we have a single emotion in a vacuum. So that that delight and trepidation both at the same time. Yes, absolutely. And I love that in your devotion here, you said, don't leave your fear and anxiety out where other people might find them. Wrap them up carefully. And when I was listening to Heidi, it just went a little further and I said, I want to wrap mine up thoughtfully and prayerfully and thankfully. Mm. They're going to be in this box with a circle around it and they're yeah. going to be trapped. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved the expression of, of identifying the emotion, acknowledging them, and then write them slowly on that grid paper and really give them a space to be... Yeah stated and not lived out. Yeah, I think that's important that we can acknowledge them and and not carry the burden of trying to hide them or ignore them or uh, mm -hmm. be ashamed of them. Give them space. Here's Justin's fear about you know whatever. Uh COVID Christmas, Justin's fear 2020 <laughs> and and give it to Jesus and let him deal with it and then you don't have to maybe uh let that leak out to other people as much either this year. So yes. that's that's really cool. I think one of the benefits of, of kind of processing your emotions with Jesus is our emotions often point to something going on inside of us, and often the Holy Spirit is shaping us in, in those things that are going on, too. So uh, I was wondering, Heidi, do you have any closing thoughts on perhaps noticing your emotions and wondering with Jesus what he's doing in your life? Absolutely. I mean, we are whole people, right? Heart, soul, mm. mind, and strength. And so when we pay mm. attention to any of those pieces mm. um, and see what God is up to in any of those realms, we're going to get a little bit more of him today than we had yesterday. And so 
you know, when we try to leave one of those realms out, then we're not only missing out on tending to ourselves and taking care of our mental or spiritual or emotional or relational health, we also are missing out on God, uh, Hmm. the creator who created each and every one of those parts. And so I think emotions is just a big piece of that puzzle. And how about you, mom? Is there any last thoughts that you would have on this, this faith experiment or this chapter on wrapping up fear? I am really looking forward to going to this experiment of prayer thoughtfully and carefully and thankfully, and I'm excited about it. I think there's going to be some healing in mm. in an aspect or two of yeah. who I am. So yeah. that's awesome. awesome. Thank you. And a part of what our whole Bible study group uh, that we've been doing on Zoom is we're so thankful that scripture gives us everything that we need about God, his Mm. character, his faithfulness, his delight for us. Mm. (laughs) And it's just another gift to be thankful for. Awesome. Well, thank you for using your gift uh, of artistic design to to help us with this faith experiment, with this chapter. And Heidi, thanks to you also for joining us today. We'll talk to you next time on the Next Step Podcast. Thanks. We'll see you. Thanks for having me. That was Deanna Rosso and Heidi Gaiman on the Next Step Podcast today. I'll link you to HeidiGaiman.com in the description of this podcast. And a couple other blogs I think I'll put in the description as well. You heard us talk about the secret code prayer, and you can get some more information about that. That's a little extended version of what we did in this chapter in the prayer experiment. And you heard me mention Katie Helmreich's blog, where she talks about her daughter Jane drawing trapped around some bugs or monsters that she's drawn. I'll put a link to that blog in the description as well. It's actually called Visual Prayer, How to Begin Before You Know Where to Start. Like all of our podcasts, this episode was made possible in part by the generous support of Next Step patrons. As we enter into a season of giving and generosity, maybe now is the time you might consider supporting the mission of Next Step Press by becoming a regular patron today. I'll put a link in the description as well. I really enjoyed that conversation with Heidi and Deanna processing emotions and the complexity of holiday seasons. Wherever you are today, whatever family gathering you're attending or attending via Zoom, whatever it is you're feeling, both the heavy and the light, know that you've got a place to take those emotions. You can share those emotions with Jesus, wrap them up and give them to him. He's glad to carry your burdens and he promises to be with you always. Thanks so much for being with us today. We'll see you next time at Next Step Press.